ever wonder what was going through Jesus's mind and heart when he was up on the cross? Do you ever wonder what he was thinking or or feeling during those moments, those six hours on the cross? Well, what's amazing about Scripture is we don't really have to wonder that that it tells us Jesus' words up on the cross. That, That we have actually seven statements, profound statements by Jesus while he was on the cross as he shares his heart, as he shares his Thoughts and, and those are recorded for us that we get to read thousands of years later. And so we know what Jesus was thinking. We know what he what was feeling as he says things like, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. As he says, I, I thirst. And as he says, it is finished. You see, many of you know uh, the last words of someone's life are the most significant words. And even more so for Jesus. And again, you have to to picture, you have to imagine the cross of Christ. You see, most scholars will tell us that Jesus was hanging on a cross for about six hours, that that he had been beaten and, and 39 lashes possibly beaten before he even got to that cross, that he suffered a pain that was so excruciating that literally that word excruciating came out of the word, the cross. We had to invent words because of how much pain Jesus experienced. And yet with all that pain and with all that public shame, what ultimately killed Jesus, most scholars will tell us, wasn't the nails in his hands. It wasn't even the loss of blood. No, it was the loss of oxygen. That on that cross that you would be suspended for so long, if you could just imagine this, that you would suffocate. And yet Jesus, grasping for breath in his last hours of his life, he musters up the strength. He he gathers himself, even positions himself on the cross and gets enough oxygen to speak words, to share his heart with the people there and with you. And he says this sixth statement and this These words, it is finished. And so tonight, we're gonna talk about what Jesus did, but I also wanna talk about what he said about what he did. And the implications of that, that if Jesus in his last hours would would gather his breath and all his strength and say these words, it is finished. What does that mean? What is finished? And and how was it finished? And and why does that matter for our our lives? And so we're just going to spend a few moments asking those questions. So the first question is, what is finished? Well, you need to know these three words, it is finished, they're actually one word in the Greek language. It's this word tetelestai. It literally means paid in full, that there's a debt financially and there's a completed transaction and now that debt is no longer, it's paid in full. Except in this moment, there's not a financial debt, there's a spiritual debt. 
Do you see, because of our sin against a, a holy God, every person in this room, if this is your first Good Friday service, if this is your hundredth Good Friday service, every person in this room, your account is in the red, spiritually. And yet I think many of us hear that and we think, well, that's a little extreme, Tim. I mean, yeah, I sin, but I'm trying my best. I mean, I'm here on Good Friday. I mean, I get, I get extra points for that. Everybody comes on Easter Sunday, but I came on Good Friday. Why is this so serious? And I think many of us have that thought because we downplay sin. You see, many of us, we will equate sin with moral, external, bad things that we do. But what we see in scripture is it goes way deeper than that. You see, we can go back to the very beginning when God creates every man and every woman in his own image. That we're meant to be found in him. We're meant to worship him fully and, and surrender our lives completely to him. And yet you fast forward to Romans chapter one and what it tells us is that we have exchanged the truth of God for a lie and that we have begun to worship not our creator, but the created. That we are no longer imaging our creator, but instead we are imaging his creation over and above our creator. And so sin isn't just morality, it's identity. That we go, those little white lies, that, that just little lustful thought, that, that just hint of greed, that just loose tongue of gossip, that just moment where you lost your temper. It's not about morality, it's about identity. You're imaging creation over and above creator. That's what sin is. And that's why there's a debt. Romans 3 says, we have all sinned like that. Romans 6 says, the wages of that kind of sin is death. And again, some of us may push back on that and say, okay, well, okay, I get sin is serious, but, but why does it have to require death? And what I would tell you is that penalty is always related to position. You see, if you were to vandalize my house, like don't, but if you were to get up an idea, like I'm gonna vandalize Pastor Tim's house, I would call the cops just so you know, okay. And there would be like a misdemeanor. There, there would be a fine to be paid. But if you were to vandalize the White House, that's a different story, isn't it? I mean, that would be a felony, depending on how you vandalize the White House. Maybe it would be considered an act of terrorism. You see, as, as we read scripture, God is described and even named as Lord. That means he's over all creation. That means all of creation is God's house. And so when we sin, when we image creation instead of our creator in the midst of his creation, when we sin against someone else in commission or omission, when we sin in, in deed or even just thought, 
That is a sin against the creator of all things. What should be the penalty for that? And scripture says it is death. And so what is finished? It's our sin debt before a holy creator God. The second question, how is it finished? Well, it's Jesus' death in our place. You see that holy God requires a holy sacrifice to pay that sin debt. And 2 Corinthians 5 says it this way, that he made him, that's God, made Jesus who knew no sin, he was perfect and sinless, that he made that sinless son of God to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see what's unique about our sin debt is it's our debt, but only God can pay it. Holy God required a holy sacrifice that you and I could never be. He died the death that we deserve, the death we could never die. And yet what's so interesting about how he finishes our sin debt is it's not that he just swipes away or wipes away our sin debt. No, he gives us a surplus perfectly in its place. Second right, Corinthians 5, that's what it says, that he made him who, who knew no sin to be sin for us. But it gets better than that. It gets good. It gets great Friday. He didn't just take away our sin. He gave us his righteousness. Amen? This is why it's called Good Friday. It's why it should be called Great Friday, Grand Friday, the best Friday in all of history. You see, my wife and I, we, we own a, a home. And that's actually not quite true. We, we co-own our home with M&T Bank. Anybody say amen to that? Okay, it's not just me. And we pay off our, our mortgage with M&T Bank. Like every month, we pay on that note so that one day in the future, a long time from now, in the name of Jesus, that debt will be paid in full. Amen. And you know what's gonna happen? They're gonna send me a document in the mail and it's gonna be a deed to the property, to my house, no longer co-owned with M&T Bank. It's gonna be my house, paid in full. Now just imagine that someone else comes along, not one day in the future when I pay it off, but someone else comes along today and they pay it off in full right now. By the way, feel free to do that for your pastor if you feel so led by the Spirit. Imagine that happened today. And I got that note today, paid in full, but I didn't pay it. Someone else paid it on my behalf. But listen, it, what if it wasn't just that good? What if not only got the deed to the property saying paid in full by somebody else, but what if they paid me back all of my previous payments plus some? That's what happened on the cross of Jesus Christ, amen? He pays your debt of sin. He takes it away on your behalf. But he also gives you his righteousness, a perfect surplus. That's why it's Good Friday. 
That's how he can say as he gathers his breath. That's why he wants to say it because it's so powerful. It is finished. Because it is. Because the sinless son of God died for your sin because of your sin in the place of your sin. And he gifts you his righteousness. Amen? That's how it's finished. So the last question, why does it matter? You see, if it, if it really, if it is finished, all of your sin that you've remembered, all the sin that you have forgotten, all the sin that you thought, all the sin that you posted, all the sin that you've ever done from the day you were born till the day you die, if it really is finished, paid in full, replaced with the righteousness of God, then there's no more pride, but there's also no more punishment. There's no more shame, but there's also no more self-righteousness. That it's all finished. That the sins, listen to me, the sins that have been done to you, there's no more shame over that. It is finished. That the sin that you've done to others, that, that you're not even sure, do they forgive you? You can look at Jesus and the cross of Christ and you can know that he forgives you and it is finished. That you can stop striving and, and straining and worrying every day of your lives and negotiating and trying to, to weigh the good with the bad and hope one day you come out in the black that all of that is finished. So that's why it matters. And so here's our, our invitation tonight and, and we're gonna close and we're gonna take communion. Here's the simple invitation on your lives tonight and before you. Will you agree with Jesus Christ? All right. He said, his last breath, it is finished. Will you agree with him? You see, here's what I know is that many of us have heard it is finished. We know about that. And maybe we, we see that even for like the world and sin just in general, but we haven't agreed personally that it is finished in our own lives, that all of your sin and all of your shame and everything that's been done to you is finished. You've heard about it, but you haven't agreed with it. And yet some of us, if we're honest, we have functionally disagreed with it is finished. Uh, maybe with our bad works. And Jesus is saying, no, it is finished. Not just the penalty of sin, but the power of sin in your life. And yet you go on to, to live in cycles of sin without the power of Jesus Christ in your life. You need to know in those moments, you are functionally disagreeing with what Jesus Christ said when he said it is finished. 
but, but also on the other end of the spectrum, when, when in all your church attendance and all your Bible reading and all your doing good for others and philanthropy in your life, that, that all of that, you are functionally disagreeing. When you put your hope in that, you are disagreeing with what Jesus said when he said, it is finished. And so tonight, the opportunity before us is just to simply not just hear about it is finished, not disagree, but to simply agree, Jesus, my sin, my shame, my good works, my bad works, they're all finished in the cross. And when you take the bread and you dip it in the juice or the wine, that's what you're doing. And so it's the perfect way for us to end tonight. Listen, I know some of you, man, you've, you've been to a few Good Friday services. Maybe in theory you have agreed that it is finished, but tonight's an opportunity for you to agree once again. And yet I know some of you, you if you're honest, you've always heard about this and maybe you've disagreed with this. Tonight is your first opportunity not to come and take to communion, to stop listening to me and start talking to Jesus and give your sin to him, give all your debt to him, all your shame to, shame to him, that he already took it. He already said it's finished. You just have to receive it and you can stop listening to me right now and start talking to him and simply Give him your sin and give him your life and agree that it is finished for you. And then, praise Jesus, you could come and take communion for the very first time. And then you could get baptized on Easter. That's the opportunity before us. Let me pray and we'll take communion. Father in heaven, God, I thank you for your sacrifice, your sufficient payment on our behalf. God, I thank you that it is finished. And God, right now, I just pray for every man and woman in this room. God, as we said earlier, we just wanted to remove distraction and soak this in. God, I pray as we sing and respond in communion that that's what this moment would be. And if we need to do business with you, God, our, our death is coming one day. But if we know you, we know that that death was defeated on the cross. And so, God, I pray that we would just, we wouldn't waste any time. God, we would respond. We would, would give you our sin. We would confess it. We would agree with you that it is finished. Help us to, to celebrate. Help us to remember that amazing, profound truth tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.